Hello everybody and welcome again. This, I don't even know how many years this has been going on. Seems everlasting. <laughs> Eternal chit chat. Yeah. I, we started doing this before we even knew there was such a thing as a chit and a chat, but we welcome you. It's great to be with you again. These weeks are moving by quickly and uh, a week from now we'll be on the verge of our the profit virtual seminar it's uh, amazing how quickly time is moving but <clears throat> I'm sure it's moving just as fast as it always did <clears throat> you think so will there be Saints Radio next Tuesday? Because normally when people come here, we don't do a broadcast because people are traveling. But that's something that has not been determined. Not to put anybody on the spot here. Well, if there's going to be any kind of a, uh, a directive of any sort for preparing for the days to come in prayer or whatever, maybe maybe we do have it. I don't know. Okay. So or do we want to have people vote? No. Submit their votes by <laughs> <laughs> they may vote and we never come on again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> They'll start the mail in campaign right now. <laughs> They're mobilizing grassroots efforts to uh, to deposit in bins. And listen, you know, we joke about the chit chat and I think it's fair for me to say this, to share this on the air with the few that are listening. Be careful what you say. But we did a, we did a, I don't know if you guys remember, we did a survey a couple of years back about the different broadcasts and different points of ministry, really to get just some insight as to what was effective and what you all were wanting and what was actually being listened to. And surprisingly, this broadcast was one of the more popular broadcasts that according to the listeners or to the saints. But there was one person that said that it was too much chit chat, yeah, and they so didn't listen. So that's that's how we that's how we became the chit chat hour. Is because of course we we took every response to heart and and appreciate that. But that was the intent. I don't know if that was the original intent for this broadcast. But the original intent of this broadcast. Correct me if I'm wrong, because it was your it was really your vision was for it not to be a teaching, for not, you know, not to be, it, it was to be more of a casual conversation, dialogue <coughs> kind of venue where we talk about um, not only sharing the cost things, but things that are going on around us and, and applying the spirit and that kind of thing. So if our chit-chat offends you, I apologize. <laughs> or I guess I could say, as Jesus would say, get over it. <laughs> I don't think he ever said that, but. Um, yeah, it's. We, we, we put out a whole questionnaire, I think. Yeah, it was very, I mean, it was very insightful. Because we truly did want to know. Uh, is this being effective? Is is there something that <clears throat> we're not seeing that we should see? And because um, we don't want—I mean, I don't think anybody wants to come up here and just do things. And I think every so often, more often than not, we evaluate. Sometimes it's difficult to gauge efficacy and how ministry is effective and I think in a lot of ways we can't do that because it's not really based on our own perception um, we just have to be obedient to what God directs us to do and and to do it with all our might but um, at the same time yeah it <clears throat> there's there are always going to be people who don't like what you do and that's hard to imagine but it's it's true. I, the, I I told you I came in very early this morning, and uh, while I was brewing some coffee in the Keurig machine, 
which misses many of you. Um, I was listening to uh, Alan Dershowitz on a Spotify. And when he came to the end of his broadcast, a lot of times he'll have people who call in and he'll play their request or their question and then he'll answer. <clears throat> and he played this a woman who got on there and just she sounded like a very intelligent lively person but she just called him a false prophet and he was inserting his religion nobody cares about your religion why don't you just go away and saying all these things to him and he played that and i thought i don't see how anybody could think about this broadcast what you just said I don't see how anybody could rail against this man who's a brilliant attorney. And, you know, he he really believes in America and he believes in free speech. And he's, you know, he taught at Harvard back before Harvard woke and went wacky. Um, I don't see how anybody could could say the things she said. And it just showed me something that we already knew, that no matter what you do, there are going to be people who don't like what you do. And um, so you can't, you can't, as difficult as it is, you can't judge the effectiveness of what you're trying to do, specifically for the Lord, based upon those who might, in the, in the, in the minority, get riled up and try to cast you away. I guess the same thing happened to Jesus and any other number of biblical um, characters. Um, but that kind of, when I honestly, you know that, when I read that, it kind of ticked me off. because I, I laughed. <laughs> well, you laughed, but it, it, I thought... The very thing we said this program was going to be when we when we and the network put up 20 pounds of meat every week, at least. And, you know, it's so hard hitting and, the, you know, we're not trying to to uh, to entertain anybody. We're not practicing in the mirror so that we can move people to tears or inject uh uh, passion into the meat so that anybody that eats it will start weeping you know and and this was the one program we had where we could just bring the saints together and just talk and laugh maybe and um and, and the whole onus of the program was that and somebody rightfully identified it as that but said they hated it <laughs> And so I, I blessed them. I didn't really know. We never knew who it was, and that's not germane to the discussion. But that's where the whole chit-chat business came from. And, of course, then some would say, well, you know, you two are supposed to be leaders in this, in this whatever this is, this movement. Do you really want to depict yourself in this type of way? Because as soon as people become familiar, then they view you with contempt. And I understand that. I mean, that happened to Moses, that happened to Jesus, that happened to David, and so forth. And, you know, I know that's a principle they try to teach you when you're in ministerial school, that you don't ever open yourself up and show who you are to people, oh. because then people will try to find fault with you and not want to follow you. We've seen that happen here. We, I think we, that's a huge problem with the church today. Oh, it is because... I mean, if you can't be vulnerable before your people, I mean, I, I just think... Granted, you have to lead with strength and confidence. I get all that. But that facade is not... That's what turns people away from the church, I think. Yeah. They want the real. But, you know, there, there's some who depict themselves with a persona, <clears throat> and people follow that. And if, if you really knew what happens in people of ministry, if you really knew what they were like, they're just normal people. Some are, some are jerks, but they're just normal people. 
you know, I, I, again, I give this illustration a lot, but, um, you know, we, Catherine Kuhlman was based in Pittsburgh, and, you know, she would come out in the flowing gown. She was not pretentious. That was just a, a holiness, more of a holiness kind of a, a depiction. And um, people all thought, oh, look at that. But she was a normal person. She had issues. She had physical challenges that she faced. This healing evangelist, uh, who wasn't really evangelist, but God worked miracles through her. But she faced things just like everybody else. And the, and the people that were in her prayer circle knew that. And as they should have known that. Um, I remember one time we had a, a seminar and there were some people that came. I don't know why they came. We blessed them. But I don't really know why they came. They they were what I would classify as glory chasers. And they had just come from some other ministries gathering. And I remember this guy talking about how the people in that ministry never left the glory. They were in the glory all the time. And I thought, who is this person? Because... Moses wasn't in the glory all the time. Moses would come down, his face would shine for a while, but then he would be just among the people. And um, I, I don't know that it's possible to be in the glory all the time. Um, but, but I thought, man, I'm not faulting this person that you just came out of their ministry, but if they're depicting that, you need to be careful with them because people are people. And um, everybody's righteousness is as filthy rags. Yeah. And, and and the more we try to cover that up, I mean, our, I to me, ministry is about becoming transparent enough so that when they look at, I'll just use myself. My greatest desire in ministry is when people look at me, when they listen to me or they see me that they see the Lord and and that's a huge thing to aspire to but be ye holy as I am holy and I and I feel like as saints I think that our our pursuit should always be him and and becoming more like him and being his voice and and I mean he was fully God fully man Mm -hmm. and he suffered and and I mean he didn't struggle with sin, but let's get real, folks. I mean the 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 point is I remember hearing somebody say something about dating age young people, and and they said like as a father or as a friend, you know, you you approach your friend and they start telling you about somebody that they're now dating, and your first response is, are they a Christian? And that's really not what you should ask. What you should ask is, are they following Christ? Because there's a huge difference there. Mm-hmm. In reality, there's a huge difference there. Are you trying, are you pursuing to be Christ-like? Which, um, and we're all in that pursuit. Yet we all face the struggles, and he allows the struggles to refine us in his fire to make us more like him. And so it's, I don't know. Well, I think to me, there are two main things that somebody in ministry ought to be, of many. The one is they've got to believe the Word of God and do their very best to honor it. And secondly, be the same person you are in the pulpit as you are at home. And whatever you're spouting from the pulpit or from whatever microphone you have make sure your kids see you espousing those same things at home and um you know everybody makes mistakes everybody has down days but um you know i think of i think of our our people and not, you know, I know that there are circumstances in different families, so I'm, please don't get offended or think I'm judging anybody. But, you know, 
you know, I see, uh, I know that the sparrows are listening. Um, one of the things that I appreciate is that, and nobody can enforce this. You can't enforce this. But they, they do what they say. They are. And they are what yeah. they believe, and their kids know it and are that way too. Mm-hmm. And that can be said of your family. That can be said of my family. You know, my, you know, my daughters were raised, and um, we went through some real hellish times here at the church. And they, they knew that I didn't, even though I might have been hurting, and I'm not patting myself on the back, that's not what I'm meaning, but I didn't dump that on them or at the house when I got home. And um, you just have to, those are the main things. Um, people are going to be people, but you, you, if you follow the word and you hold to the word, and you are, are not one person uh, here and then a totally different person somewhere else. Those are the two main things. And you know, there's some people that are just simplistic sheep that don't understand that, and if they uh, ever see, <laughs> I remember one time when I was, I was trying to be a pastor and those first couple of years, everything I did was scrutinized because I followed a guy that had been here for a long, long time and people thought I was too young. I'll make this quick. But one, uh, Saturday I had gone down to, uh, Home Depot to buy some bags of soil and to do some other things because I was doing work in the yard that morning and I had shorts on and a t-shirt and I saw this man from the church and he looked at me you'd have thought I was naked he just looked at me like like he I just hit him with a two before and I said Walter how are you doing well Pastor Ron I didn't ever know you dressed that way. I mean, he was sincere. He wasn't joking. Did you have your overalls on? No, I had <laughs> shorts and tennis shoes and, you know, and I thought, well, what do you, who do you expect does the work out in my yard? <laughs> who, what do you want me to do, wear a suit out there? And I, finally he started laughing, but he was serious at the beginning, and I thought, man. I... I I will have to say this about you, Pastor, is one of the things that 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 I realized shortly thereafter I had the privilege of traveling with you. And when you travel with people, you get to know people. I mean, you go through all kinds of different scenarios that are testing and trying and your patience is tried and wonders and, you know, all kinds of things. I mean, we could write a book on that. But... Um, one of the things that I quickly recognized about you is that you are who you are 24-7. I mean, you don't, there is no two of you, and you are in pursuit of, of righteousness and of his purpose and his plan with your life and with this body of believers 24-7. And that's something that I, I, I really have admired about you because you you don't shut that down. And, and, and none of us should shut that down because we don't stop becoming when it's vacation time or when – now, God does call us to times of rest, and you honor that, and I know that you have those moments, but that is really something that was, was um, a great point of awareness for me and something for – for really for me to aspire to because it is all about his plan and his heart and and so well that's kind of you no say. it's true it's it, it is real and it is true and and granted i've seen you angry i've seen you frustrated i've seen you sad i've seen you in fear i've seen you i mean but you that part of you who you are in him never changes and and it doesn't crumble in those scenarios and so um 
Thank you for that. Oh, that's. I know it's just true, and I've, I've told people that before. So oh. it's it, this is not the first time I've expressed that. It's just that that's we are who we are in Him, and I think the true test of a of a minister of the Lord to me because. How can you possibly, I just had this conversation just the other day with my nephew. How can you minister something in power and authority if you have not lived it and overcome it? And so what we walk through and what we live through, um, God, for the most part, is preparing us to, to walk in authority in it and to minister it in some way. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean from a pulpit, but... Um, so I think I think one of the things that we faced <clears throat> in traveling is that you know when we go out in ministry we've talked about this before sometimes you stay with people you stay in their homes um and that has its challenges because you're always on you know I mean you're you're all you you don't really have a chance to just get away from the ministry and rest. I mean, it's, how many times in the scripture did Jesus take off from his disciples or tell his disciples, let's get away from the crowd, but then other times I'm going to get away from you. It doesn't say it that way in the King James, but that's what was there because you have to reset. But one of the issues that we've faced is when you, when you are with people and you're fellowshipping you don't really know what those people are are viewing you don't you don't know what they think a minister should be and sometimes that familiarity is not a thing that they have matured themselves to be able to be they'll say oh just be yourself let's just be but when you become that then they Sometimes, not always, but sometimes they they elevate themselves into a position that in the spirit realm or for what you're there to do is equal with what your assignment is, and you have problems. So it's a, it's a very difficult tightrope to walk, and you do appreciate the the way that you can just find people that you can rest and relax with but the point though is that you've got to you've got to stick with the word and you've got to um you've got to be consistent like you said you you've got to be that rather than just say it and um i don't know what oh the chit chat that's that's what led us to this. And you know, the thing about the chip chat is is it's important for us to I mean, we're in this world but we're not of it. And and that's a reality for all of us. And as much as we would love to just be lifted up and just dwell in heaven physically and in every dimension, we're in this world. And there's a lot of things happening in this world that surround us that we've got to walk through that um, that overlap natural and, and spiritual. <clears throat> and of course, that's that's our training ground. And, and so, you know, for us to, to come up here and talk about the election or talk about atmospheres that are coming through the liberal mindset or, you know, any, any kind of mindsets that, that we're dealing with, influences and things like that. And, and to really be able to apply scripture to that and, and, and just the spiritual dynamic of what we're facing, it's important for us. And I, and I think if you're there and you're dwelling alone and you're dealing with these things, I think it's important for you to be able to listen and to be part of a conversation that, that might speak of something that you've just battled through over the last week in your hometown or your nation or whatever. And so that's why it's just um, we literally come up here and we, I don't know if I should say this, we don't plan ahead. Mm-mm. We pray before we come up here for at least an hour. 
and and seek the mind and the heart of the Lord as to what he wants to to release and to bring. And we come up here and maybe for two minutes before we go on the air, we, you know, is there anything you're, you feel like to talk? You know, and there's never a planned program because that's what this program is supposed to be. And usually we'll, we won't ever come up with anything. What we'll, we'll say, we do have to announce this. But if we do, we barely ever get to it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the Spirit just leads it. I'm not, I'm not heaping any kind of applause toward us but that's really the agenda and it's hopefully it can help some folks but you know the main thing one of the main things was that we said there are probably people that are you mentioned this isolated they they're not around other saints they they may not have a church to go to that believes the things that the scripture says uh, for in regard to the deeper things of the Lord. Um, and, um, you know, we want to be able to just come and sit down with them at least once a week where they can feel like we're sitting at the table with them and we're just, we're just talking. And, um, and so that was one of the factors we had, but we also wanted to have a point where we could just gather the saints together in a setting that was not just the study of Scripture. And by that I mean we love the study of Scripture. I mean, we, we, we present I don't know how many programs a week and in the archives the study of Scripture. That's one of the things we've been accused of. All you do is talk about the Scripture, which I think is one of the highest compliments we can have. But you know, so we uh, we're very happy to be here, and I missed. I tell you, I missed it when, for those many weeks, I wasn't able to be here, and I missed the times when you were uh, either out of town or unavailable due to <laughs> most recently the the COVID. Yeah, <laughs> I got I, tested yesterday, and I am hundred percent negative. Oh, you got you got tested again. I, well, I had to get tested to be able to tour oh. a facility. Mm. So, I was very thankful for that. Wow. Yeah. So I hope everybody is well, and I don't know if you all have heard, but a lot of the restrictions here in Texas are being lifted actually this week. And in fact, I yesterday I toured a a facility, a senior living facility for my parents. And and yesterday was the first day they've been able to give tours in months. Mm -hmm. And so I planned that one well because I did not know that. But um, it's, it's going to be interesting in the next couple of weeks because there's a lot of resistance to this newfound freedom that we have as our governor has lifted the mask mandate. Yeah. Yet people are just crazy with just accusing him of not caring about the people. And it's going to be interesting how it all fans out. But I do know that um, there's several nations, we talked about this last week, that are still dealing with really high numbers of COVID. And um, so we continue to pray. Well. You know, we are a bunch of Neanderthals down here in Texas, you know, so. Uh, I rebuke that. I left my I left my Bam Bam Club over here. <laughs> we ride around in Flintstones vehicles and, and uh, of course, we're not deplorable anymore. At least that's, that's nice. Well, th I should not even say this, but I'm going there. But it's just so, it, it just is crazy. I mean, the mindset, the craziness that we are dealing with in our nation. But I think about so much uproar about this new, about what our governor did last week. I mean, so much uproar. I mean, ugh, you can't even stand it. If it's not about Meghan and Harry, it's about the fact that he says we don't have to wear masks anymore. I mean, it's just crazy ridiculous. But... I think about the big uproar in the media that that's created, but then I also think about 
our borders and how just recently I read that under the the current administration and this is not about it this is not about illegal alien uh, that's not what this I'm not saying this about pol- politics but there are busloads of illegal immigrants that they're letting across the border that have tested positive mm-hmm. and I think but but nothing is really addressed about that I mean, very little is addressed about that, and I think it, it just there's just no check and balance in anything that's happening around our country. And well, you know, and and I heard, <clears throat> I know that that's true, but then I heard there were commentators on one of the uh, either MS or CN that said that that was a lie, even though their own. Homeland Security Director affirmed that it was actually happening. Uh-huh. What we really need now, some people talk about a truth commission, which is kind of scary, but there are so many ways in our country, and the scripture talks about those who call the truth a lie, um, where a set of facts can be presented, and it doesn't matter what you say because the people on, on the other side of the argument have their own set of facts. Well, whose facts are right? And you almost need a commission of some sort made up of, of respected people on both parties who, who would say, all right, this is really the truth, so let's do something with it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like arguing with somebody, and you never come, you never come to a, an agreement. It's like that old Beatles song. You know, we argue till I just can't go on. And that's what you feel <coughs> like. I mean... <clears throat> there, there's a right and there's a wrong. Sometimes there's a gray area where it's not an issue of right and wrong, but it can't both be. It can't both be. When you're dealing with a fact, they, they you can't have competing facts. Is it or isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> is you is or is you ain't a fact. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, and it's it's, we pray for that. I mean, I. I saw a report down from uh, Matamoros, and they were talking about how it's just chaos down there right now. Yeah. It's it's so sad. Texas needs to be prayed for. I even saw, again, being here early in the morning, when I'm doing stuff, I have things on just to kind of wake my mind up. But there was an interview with a rancher on the Arizona border with Mexico. He was an older man, and he was talking about how Across his property, hundreds of people are just flooding over, every almost every day, and he said, "I see it." And are they taking their temperatures before they cross? <laughs> no, these are people who are just coming across. He said, "We have piles of of um, of materials that we're supposed to be completing sections of the wall that are just going to sit here and rust." We have plants that were manufactured to uh, produce cement. They're dormant, but people are just coming in. And he said, they're coming into our towns. We don't know what to do with them, but they're just passing through us. Mm -hmm. He said, they're going to come up there and live with you. And it's not about people. It's not, it's not, you know, and then you, you hear people on the other side of this. And I don't see how there can be another side of the argument. We've traveled enough to know. There is significance to borders. And the Pope can say all he wants. We've been to the Vatican. You don't just waltz in there. you you got to go through security. I mean, was... My, my skirt was measured. Yes. My skirt length was measured. You, you had to go through... Remember that, Vicky? Oh, it, it, you know, so you can say what you want about that. But no nation can survive without some kind of restriction and then you'll have people who say well what about the good samaritan look at that parable again the good samaritan paid for the care of that guy he it never says he took him into his own house now i know there are other issues where it says you're apt to entertain strangers and things of that nature but we we don't need to be people who are saying ollie ollie in free we should be not just sending money to governments, but have some kind of a Peace Corps type of an environment where you go in and you build things and you train people and you try to support them. Because if you send money to governments, 
It's kind of like when people contribute somewhere. You never know where that money's going once it leaves your hand. You you can't put put any kind of restriction on it. And so, I don't know. But but the point though is is that here we are in Texas on the border, and you know things are happening. It's not some QAnon rumor. You know things are happening, but on many, many national television outlets, people who are reporting them are called all kinds of names that discredits them. And then they say, no, that's not happening. But it is happening. It's kind of like, remember back during the first days of the Iraq War and when we finally approached Baghdad and they had their defense secretary for the the Iraqi government was standing there and he was denying that the city was under attack by by forces and behind him there were bombs blowing up and <laughs> it was the craziest thing almost like what we saw last year oh these are peaceful riots there's no violence and the whole city block behind the guys just burning in flames you know at some point your yay needs to be yay and your nay needs, needs to be nay because you you have to speak God's truth, and you have to tell a truth and not a lie. And a truth is not something that's negotiable. Not everybody has their own truth. See, we misuse that word, and it's really caused, um, you know, I don't know how truth is going to give that big sloppy kiss if if you don't know if it's, if it's just right or not. You don't want to be kissing a lie which I think a lot of people are right now. Man, we have chitted ourselves around the place. It's We're 36 minutes into this high and holy broadcast. Do you want to talk at all about... Um, you've done a lot of work. We have, we have a seminar coming up. And as much as I wish that all of you were making your plans and packing your bags to sojourn here to Dallas... We're going to be meeting again via the internet, and um, I think there's going to be some Zoom activity. Is that correct? Prophecy? Yes. Prophecy, and um, maybe a Zoom meeting here and there throughout the week. But um, We haven't scheduled those yet. No. Because people will be writing you. When's that Zoom meeting, Monica? (laughs) We're excited for what God's going to release and the way he's going to commission, position and commission us. It, it's really a very interesting time. We had a, a, a brief conversation on Sunday. You know, through all of 2020 and through quarantine and through the whole COVID season pandemic, people would say, can't wait to get back to things, you know, for things to get back to normal. Can't wait for things to get back to normal. And then the phrase, the new normal. You know, mm. it's never going to be the same. And, and you know, I, I said that myself because there's things that I was awakened to in my life that I don't want them to go back to the same. I, I, I love in many ways the way God used that time to establish all of us in our homes and in intercession and in worship. But it's time for us to step into a time of not restructuring, rebuilding, I guess I could say. And um, because we're not going, our, our old structure is the past. Some things will remain the same. And Pastor talked a lot on Sunday morning about our foundation. Our foundation cannot be shaken. It's, it's, it's in the word, and we are who we are in this saint's calling. But we have this great opportunity as we look forward to begin to rebuild in the way that God would have us to do that. And, and I think this seminar is going to, to, to really speak a lot into that and to where you are and to this network as a whole. And so that's exciting to me. Yeah, hopefully um, our goal should be to reinitiate the the building process to go up to the next level. Which is what prophecy is, edification. Yeah. I mean, True. it's 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 building upon that foundation. And so 
if you look at all three aspects of prophecy, it really all is going to be a very active, I think, measure of the Spirit. And so um, that's exciting. But we did have a prayer time on Sunday here at the Father's Church, and we did commission all of you to join with us in prayer specifically on behalf of what God intends to do during this gathering and from there on. And um, so we can talk a little bit about that. If you did get an insight that you feel like um, you feel like the Lord would have you submit, you can certainly send it to me and I will add it to the compilation of insights that have come in. But um, it's going to be a good week. It's going to be there are a lot of good promises that the Lord has for us. Well, you know, I think that, that measure of shaking, um, one of the things that really undulate, what are the things that are like you know, getting your sea legs where you're standing on the on the on the deck of the boat and things are happening. It's not it really isn't the external influences coming in. It's what's under your feet, where you're standing. That's where the shaking happens. And to me, I think the the two biggest factors that will test um your stand are time and, um, well, maybe there's three. Time and being taken out of your routine and when you don't have somebody else standing right by you to hold on to. Those things will determine whether you're shaken or not more than any other thing. And we've, we've, had, we've had those things in in buckets full over the past year but with that god chooses them to strengthen us because we we commit ourselves to a timeless god and we recognize how fleeting life is how uncertain things around us really are but god remains the same and through eternity it'll be that way and we're living in eternity now and the second is that <clears throat> Yeah, we had things interrupted, uh, things that we've become used to that have become a part of our habits. But you learn to do the same things and beyond staying true to what the calling is, you have to adapt and overcome. Those are warfare tendencies, and you have to be able to do that. And the third thing is that even though we've in many ways been alone, We've been by ourselves in our homes or <coughs> separated, in many of you, from the prayer gatherings that you were used to. Not all of you have been, but a lot of you have. That you can still realize that you can meet God and that he meets you. Same God. And so that shaken business, you know, and again, I'm, I know we're established on the word. It's the rock. But what is the rock? Upon this rock, I will build my church. What, what is that? Well, in the discussion with Peter, Peter had just said, you are the Christ, son of the living God. I think that topic is part of our identity in rock. But to me, the main thing is, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to us, to you, but the Father, only the Father could have said that. To me, that's the rock. That, that's, that's the rock. To know that our Father is with us and that creates our identity, our security, and, and His sons and His will in heaven and on earth. To me, that is the rock. It doesn't vacillate. It doesn't change. Oh, you know, we used to do this, but now we're deconstructing it all. We're going to do this. You know, this business about the father really isn't true because God is really feminine. He's really a mother. And there are a lot of other voices that would be equal to what the word of God is. And maybe they are the word of God. I mean, you're just blasting your rock right there. 
you know, the how we pray, diversities of tongues, tongues, um, interpreting, spending time waiting on God. Well, there are other ways to meet God. Look how the Hindus did it. Look at the Buddhists. And you're blasting that rock. No wonder you're wavering. And I, I think over this past year, we those solid factors have been tested but we've held on yeah it really has i mean it it really has tested us to the core each one of us individually i mean we all have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling and and it it's 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 tested and and i've heard some of the struggles that a lot of our saints have had in the midst of that testing. I was just reading a couple of days ago about Peter when Jesus was addressing Peter, you know, where he says, the enemy desires to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. And I could so much identify with that moment with Peter, but it made me think about Peter as he represents the rock in the church. And of course, the church is going to be shaken first because the church has to be established on that solid ground. And I think God has been doing that for us, not only individually, but as a body and the way that you fit into the body. And um, so it's, and two, I think about, you know, when we, we talked about this last week for a brief moment about we can't gather together here in, in our house yet. So this seminar is going to be remote, but it's ever bit as important as if we were gathered because the Lord is allowing it for some reason for it to be this way. He directed it this way. And so what does that mean he's doing? That means he's calling you to stand in, a, in, in, in the establishment of that histeme footprint, you know, to establish that where you are and, and to stand and and. You know, it makes me think of the Peretz and the Parats. I mean, we have to be solid in our stance, every single one of us, where God has planted us, in order for us as the body to break through into really the fruitfulness and the harvest that he has on the horizon for mm-hmm. us. Good. And so God is in this. And, and, and I just want to encourage you, don't vacate. Don't and, – and when I read through – these insights you know there's so many positive things that the lord wants to do through this in way of galvanizing us and bringing a sense of unity that we've not even known yet even while we're separated but i also see the different ways that the enemy wants to attack in your emotions and in your perspective that you're alone and that you you're disconnected because you're not here don't let him do that don't let him knock you off course be committed, connect, and, and, and engage with everything that's happening during this, this seminar um, because the Lord, he, we are about to experience just tremendous breakthrough. But we have to be solid in our stands. And um, we are the church. You know, we are, we are, it is built upon that rock. And it's just so important. And two, I was talking with some of the young people um, on Sunday morning, and and we were talking about just different allergies. You know, because we here in Dallas, I don't know what it's like where you are, but allergies have been just mad crazy. I mean, it's just been like this heightened sense of, have you noticed it? Mm-hmm. Heightened sense of just allergies, people that never had allergies or having allergies. And, you know, that, that relates directly to the histeme. Elizabeth was talking about how, for like three days, she said, I feel like I just have to sneeze all the time. And, of course, I immediately said, oh, gosh, remember Eli- Elisha that sneezed seven times in the... Yeah, the child yeah. came back to life. Yeah, the child came back to life. <clears throat> so there's just there's something very significant God is doing just in that whole principle of the histeme. And, and so just be aware of that. And don't let the enemy knock you off course. Don't make him... Don't let him... Th- mi- <laughs> Don't let him make you think that you are disconnected, but be proactive and connect, engage your spirit. And, you know, if you're struggling, reach out to someone and, and 
and I guarantee you they will respond. I mean, this network is amazing, and the saints in this network are just amazing. If God puts somebody on your mind, on your heart, reach out to them. Pray for them. Reach out to them. I think that we we just need to, to be that righteousness on the left and the right. So. Well, that those are really powerful words. And, um, you know, I think <clears throat> we have, through this time frame, been tested. And I, I believe that the Lord has strengthened all of us in regard to the essential things that he has established in our lives. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I, I know that in some who have departed from uh, the camp of the saints, they have said that they've questioned the word, they've questioned interpretation of what it means to be a saint, they've questioned love, They've questioned faith. And I think that's interesting to hear those teachings. I don't agree with them. But I think all of those areas have been parts where we've been being tested. And to me, the Word of God has become more alive. How could it become more alive? I mean, it's just so loud with the depths almost triumphant there's so much in the word there's so much and our commune with the father what faith really is in scripture that at the right hand has been established <coughs> and you know what is the agape of god you know what is that what what is that is it just philanthropic charity work or is it a devotion to what the Father says and to do it. What, what, who are the saints? What, what is that? I mean, these are bedrock, apostolic, biblical, and that's the main thing, directives from God. And those have been being tested. And you can see evidence of those, sadly, who have been shaken off of that. Um, and uh, I commend all of you for holding fast to what to what God has to what God has said. So um, we want to thank all of you for being faithful to send in whatever words you receive from first Saturday. If you've not done that, please be faithful to do that. Um, we and keep tabs of what's been submitted as they've been submitted, but um, we're just just a few days after that. And then you, we had a prayer time on Sunday. And again, if you if you did um, if you did pray, thank you. We'll be doing another thing similar to that this coming Sunday: a prayer, not with a directive, but prayer. Because see, that's one of the issues we have here. Um, we have a responsibility for what God has given us to do, but we also have a responsibility for this house. And it's very difficult for me and for us to every service, and basically everything we do now is broadcast hither and thither, and yon even. Um, it's very difficult for us to take care of what the Father is wanting this house to do while still presenting the things that we know is being broadcast out in the network. So it was kind of funny on Monday, uh, I was meeting with Luke and Sylvia and we were talking about what the message of the week would be. And Luke said, well, your message yesterday was only, I think it was 22 minutes long. And, uh, and I said, yeah, I was thinking about that because we did just <clears throat> reaffirm what the church should be the pastoral office, and we call people to pray. How about if we teach on what I spoke about last Wednesday night? <laughs> he said, okay, so that's what we did. But, you know, it'll probably be this way this next week, but we 
as saints are established in prayer. And I, I feel a duty when God says, you better call the people here to prayer. You better, you better do that because it's essential for any number of reasons. Uh, yes, they're praying daily, we hope. But that gathering together of the saints in prayer is essential. And since this has basically been our only gathering per week, <clears throat> when God says to do that, especially in advance of a seminar, we have to do it. So just fair warning, this coming Sunday, I don't know what we'll, what I'll speak on, but there will be a prayer time at the end again. So um, make sure you gird yourself up for that and don't be disappointed that there's not been a uber long teaching. Of course, who knows? Who knows what will happen Sunday? That's, that's, that's a long time away. What a privilege, though, it is. I mean, I, it just, it really hit me when you were speaking on Sunday morning just about how our foundation has been established in our identity in Him, our relationship in Him, and from that flows our function in Him. And to, to know that we have the privilege to go before him in prayer on behalf of things that he's ordained to happen, to talk with him about it, to listen to his voice, to glean what he's, you know, what's on his mind and on his heart. Let us never despise that or lose heart or, or not desire that because... That is, that is such an incredible privilege that we have. And, you know, we don't have nearly as many corporate organized prayer times as we used to. Because last year, like we said, I mean, it, it, things, it's, it was time for things to change. And, and so we, we approached this new year with really the excitement and the anticipation of how God is going to, you know, I don't even want to say recreate or reinvent because he's going to do a new thing. Yeah, fresh creation. Yeah, he's, he's going to, he wants to do a new thing in all of us. And that's one of the things that, that came out over and over again just through the insights of our people here in Dallas was we need to be ready for the new thing God's going to do. And we need to be ready to move with it. And, and we never... We never need to say or should say or even think, but we've never done it this way before because that's kind of a death nail. And, and yeah, will we still be doing things the way that we've done them? Yes, unless God changes that. But for the most part, a lot of things, he, he wants to do some new things. So that's exciting. Yeah, it is. Uh, we just need to believe for to give us eyes to see and ears to hear that we would follow the spirit of truth as he guides us mm-hmm. and that that's not as easy as it sounds but it is easy we were created for that but it it has its particulates of of responsibility and requirement in order to be able to do that <clears throat> you know we were talking recently about how that with so many of the things that God has signature moments where God has led this network or, or even more concisely this church, they came through somewhat of evangelistic insight that then we observed and God said, okay, this is what I want you to do. They weren't based upon our deductions or our assumptions or any other shuns so um we we really need to hear what the spirit is saying and to follow the spirit of truth as he's guiding us into what we don't see just yet the hidden things and we pray that for you too so the hour she has concluded i'm assuming that the hour is the hour in French is feminine. I don't know, Luke. You'll have to clarify that. Uh, sad to say that Pepe Le Pew has been canceled. Uh, it was a little bit 
some of the things he did chasing that little cat around was bad but our and, and god save speedy gonzalez i mean he he needs to be not canceled but <sighs> i don't know how pepe Le Pew would say the hour i'm sure he would say the hour she has alluded to me but for us time is gone and it's time to say goodbye thanks for tuning in We'll look for you again tomorrow, Wednesday Night Live. And until um, till then, thanks for joining us. God bless you all. Goodbye.